Welcome everybody to the Week to Week Football Podcast. I'm Brian Johannes, and on this episode, I'm going to preview the 2022 NFL Mock Draft. It is a mere day or two away uh, from the first round, and it's going to be an exciting NFL Draft, and I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, it, A lot of uncertainty um, swirling around about the draft, and uh, I think it's going to lead to an exciting draft. A lot of people you know, or, you know, I shouldn't say a lot of people. Some people are out there saying, you know, oh, it doesn't have a lot of buzz, doesn't have a lot of hype, and I get that, and I understand that, you know. But I think because of all the factors of, of out there, I think it's going to end up being pretty exciting. It's going to be hard to predict, and and like I said, I think that will lead to to some fun because you know it's. As fun as it is to lead up to the process and be like, okay, I know Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the Jaguars and Zach Wilson's going to go here. And you kind of already know these first couple picks, not knowing what's going on um, and kind of being surprised on draft night. I think I think it's going to be fun. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get into a, a, a few topics um, kind of focusing more on this first round, um, and just kind of go through the preview. So let's go ahead and get started. And I think you have to start, it always starts with the first pick, but as I said at the beginning, most years, your first round, your first overall pick, we already know at this point. I mean, last year with Trevor Lawrence, we knew pretty much the entire season. You knew it was going to be Trevor Lawrence, um, the Joe Burrow year, you know, for a while we knew, you know, we thought at the beginning of the college football season, it's going to be two attack of Iowa and then, or Justin Herbert. And then Joe Burrow showed up and took control, but we knew it was going to be Joe Burrow. We haven't had this much uncertainty with this number one overall pick easily since that Baker Mayfield year, and I, I don't know the year off the top of my head. I can't remember. Uh, but there was a lot of uncertainty. I know um, it, it, we knew it was going to be a quarterback with the Browns that year. Um, it was either going to be Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield. And there was some uncertainty. You know, it was almost like a 50-50 shot. I, I think I ended up thinking uh, and mocking Sam Darnold, number one overall. Um so it, it wasn't a slam dunk choice. And so this year with the Jaguars, you know, for the longest time, everyone thought it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan pass rusher. And there were some people out there saying it was a lock. And I, I didn't always understand that. And as we were getting closer to the draft, it almost looks like now it's a lock that it's not going to be Aiden Hutchinson. And it looks like it's now down to either uh, Trayvon Walker, the pass rusher from Georgia, and Ikem Ekwanu, the offensive tackle from NC State. And there's lots of reports out there. Uh, lots of, I wouldn't say infighting or that. It's just different guys in the Jaguars organization like different prospects. You know, the, the rumor out there, the innuendo, 
is that head coach Doug Peterson really wants Ika McWanu. General manager Trent Balky really wants Trayvon Walker. And then even the owner, Shad Khan, he wants Aiden Hutchinson, mainly because he's afraid of getting made fun of constantly again by passing up on the sure thing and going with the risky pick. Um, I, I, I honestly think at this point, and I very well could be wrong, um, don't feel very confident about this draft, and um, that could be a good thing. Uh, but I think it's between Ekwanu and, and Trayvon Walker. Um, you either go with the high upside pass rusher, who I think would fit well within their defense. They've already got Josh Allen on one side, uh, more of a stand-up. Um, pass rusher, whereas you Walker on the other side will be a little bit more of your your strong side guy. So I think they complement each other well. But I really, if I had to make a guess right now, I think it's going to be Ike McWanu, just because that's who Doug Peterson wants, and Doug Peterson just got hired. He's viewed, you know, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. He's been to the summit before. I just wonder if the Jaguars, if if Shad Khan, if it's between Balky and and Peterson, they each one a different guy, if the head coach is going to end up winning out. I know Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network made the comment that said, if Doug Peterson wants Equanio, that's going to be their pick. And that's why I'm kind of leaning there. Yes, they, they, they signed... Cam Robinson to that franchise a one-year deal, but it's only a one-year deal. They got Brendan Scherf at the right tack at the right guard spot. They've got Walker Little, who some people say um, they really like. They got they got Jawan Taylor, um, another guy that's played well at times for them. So they've got some pieces, but I still think taking an offensive lineman, especially Ekwanu there, would not be a bad pick. You insert him day one at left guard, which is kind of a weakness, and he gets his feet wet in the NFL. You know, we've seen teams do this before. A way back when, Jonathan Ogden, one of the best offensive tackles in NFL history, was drafted and started at left guard before moving out to tackle. Lermy Tunsil with the Miami Dolphins was drafted 14th overall, I think. They had Brandon Albert, so they, they put Tunsil at left guard before moving him out to left tackle. Sometimes playing inside and getting that your feet wet there can help you long-term at left tackle. And let's not forget, Cam Robinson, while he's been a solid tackle, he's not an elite guy. And Doug Peterson's come from an organization with the Eagles where they invested big time in their offensive line. You know, they took guys a year early, and they developed them. And I, I could definitely, without an elite, you know, as good as Aiden Hutchison is, we're not talking about Chase Young. We're not talking about Nick or Joey Bosa. We're not talking about Miles Garrett. I, he's a step down from that, and I think um, that's another reason why <clears throat> taking... 
the tackle here and, and protecting your star quarterback who you need to hit is the best uh, best shot. Now, now after the Jaguars' decision, um, that will kind of shape, obviously it's the first overall pick, it's going to shape a lot of what happens. You know, if they take a pass rusher, that means um, team like Houston or the Jets They'll have a shot at Equanu. I, I I've seen mocks lately of Equanu falling all the way to the the Seahawks. Hey, I just can't envision that happening. I mean, here's a guy who's clearly viewed as the top offensive lineman in the draft, and if he's not the top offensive lineman, he's second. And so it's going to be hard to see him pass by teams like the Jets, the Texans, the Giants, the Panthers, who all desperately need offensive linemen. Um, so, like, I could see another guy going ahead of him. There's talk that some some teams like Charles Cross the best. Um, I could see a team like an Evan Evan Neal, but it it seems to think, you know, the Giants, the Jets, and the Panthers all seem like they're taking the linemen. So he's not going to slip past them. Um, but Houston at three, I think, is a turning point because you know. That's another team that you really kind of don't know what's going on. I could see them legit going pass rusher. They could go offensive tackle. Or they could go cornerback. You know, Lovey Smith has made comments talking about how they need their cornerbacks to play better. And you can infer that saying, oh, well, they're going to take the top cornerback. Well, that doesn't always happen. The coach doesn't just flat out come out and say that, and that's who they take with that first pick. They also have the 13th pick. So they may talk about one in corner and end up taking a guy at at 13, like a Trent McDuffie. So I don't think we automatically lock a cornerback in there, but I think it's still a strong possibility because you're going to have – if you say, hey, we need better corners – You have two. You have the shot at number three to take the best corner, Ahmed Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, who has rose back up the boards because I think people have seen him come back from his injury and kind of I think understood his injuries the last couple of years. And I think a big thing, and I saw this last night, that might indicate because I you know for the longest time I thought Evan Neal was going to be their pick Uh, Nick Casario's got some connections with Bill Belichick they have a lot of holes it would be beneficial for the Texans to just kind of play it safe and to hit a double and just get a safe solid first round pick and that would be Evan Neal but Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated just reported last night that there's some concerns in the league about Evan Neal and his knees, his medical red flags. And every year in the draft, there's a player that we think could be a top 10 pick, maybe a mid-round pick, and teams, and, and they, they drop. Juwan Taylor with the Jaguars was a player that myself and a lot of people mocked in the top 10. And he fell, and he fell, and next thing you know, he's on day two. And it's like, what the heck happened? 
And then it comes out later that, hey, he's, he, you know, I remember Jawan Taylor, he had, they, they talked about how he had no cartilage in his knee or whatever it may be. And, and so a degenerative knee. And so they said, hey, he's going to be fine. He just might not have the long career that you want. And so stuff like that happens, especially a guy. So Evan Neal, who I had kind of um, not locked into the third pick, I don't think he's going to go there anymore. So, would the Texans take Trayvon Walker? I think it's a possibility. Lovey Smith is all about getting pass rush out of his front four. Uh, the Patriots, or I'm sorry, the Texans have that uh, Patriots t- uh, background, but they're also, th- I don't think they view Lovey Smith as their future head coach. And so, I don't think they're going to take guys just because they fit. Lovey Smith's style of defense. Okay. And so with that Evan Neal injury or or medical red flag potentially, I'm starting to I'm starting to kind of go more into that that cornerback camp because there are rumors out there that they really like Stingley. There are rumors out there that they really like Gardner. So I think I, I am almost leaning towards cornerback here. But, you know, who knows? Trayvon Walker could end up being the pick. Uh, the Jets um, and the Giants are in a unique situation with two first-round picks each, two top ten picks each. Uh, and so the the Jets, I think, are going to go offensive line with this first one. Um, Joe Douglas comes from the Ravens who they're all about building up that offensive line. And so I think that's who they take first. I think they that's who I think they want to take first. Um especially with a guy like Ike McWanu, you know, with Evan Neal's injury, maybe they decide eh, not quite as happy with him. Um and so that may lead him going pass rusher. And if I if I have Ike McWanu going number 1, if the Jaguars end up taking him, do they feel comfortable with Charles Cross there? Do they like him? Maybe they don't. I haven't heard them connected with them. Do they take Evan Neal and just hope he turns out? But but they're they're having issues with Makai Becton and his knee and, and his injury and coming back from that. So I think I think they would love to get Ika Mekwanu and go offensive line there. But I think they end up pat, uh, with him being gone. I think they turn their attention to pass rusher. And this is where you could see, in this situation, it'll be interesting. Because you've got a guy like, you got Trayvon Walker still available, potentially, if the Jaguars don't take him. Because the Lions are going to take Hutchison. Um, you know, if the, if the Texans take a corner. You've got a decision between Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau. And reports out of... The Jets is the coaches like Thibodeau. They they like his talent. They like the fit. They feel that they can get um, his potential out of him. And I and I like that fit too because he he's you know speed power rusher. Maybe he's not the most bendiest guy, but in that Robert Sala defense, that four three under, they can put him at that Leo, put him at that weak side uh, defensive end. And that guy is just coming off uh, seven, wide nine, and he's coming on a straight line to the quarterback. 
and that fits that fits with Kayvon Thibodeau and so um or it sounds like the general manager and the organization is a little iffy on him and so maybe that maybe they compromise and go for Trayvon Walker uh but but that's kind of my thought process behind them uh, with their they the Jets also have that tenth pick, and then you wonder, okay, they couldn't get Ikemekwanu at 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 four. They maybe didn't like they had questions about Evan Neal's uh, knee. Maybe they don't like Charles Cross. Trevor Penning could be a possibility at ten. There are reports out there that Joe Douglas really likes Trevor Penning I think that 10th would probably be Trevor Penning's ceiling or the the, towards his ceiling Um, but he would think I think he would fit well there he got that physical nature to him Um, so that's something to kind of keep an eye on otherwise I think they're going receiver the Jets have been too active trying to get veteran receivers to, to pass up one if they don't make a trade. I mean, they tried to get Tyreek Hill failed on him. They've been trying to get DK Metcalf. Now they're trying to get Debo Samuel. They, there's talks that they wanted A.J. Brown. They want to add a weapon for Zach Wilson because in all reality, Joe Douglas' uh, job with the, the Jets relies on Zach Wilson hitting because they passed up a couple other quarterbacks to get Zach Wilson. So I think a guy like Garrett Wilson is a strong possibility. Um, I think that's where the earliest he could go and and give them a true number one, you know, he's not going to be Jerry Rice or, or Devontae Adams or, or that level of a receiver, but I think he would give them their number one and a guy that, that Zach Wilson can count on who can win at all three levels. Now, if we go to the other uh, NFC, the other New York team, uh, like I said, they have picks five and seven. At this point, I think it's a lock that they're taking Charles Cross. It's the 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 chatter is strong with with Charles Cross. There, it I I've seen it. You know, Albert Breer. I've seen it with uh, Tony Pauline. There's there's just insider after insider after insider has linked up the New York Giants with Charles Cross. And they they want to play him at right tackle. They've got Andrew Thomas, who, who really kind of started to hit his stride last year. And so they want to protect. They want to build up that line. Charles Cross seems to guy like the guy. I think they'll probably take him at five just to make sure that they have him. Uh, but, you know, who knows? They could they could maybe move back. Maybe They, they also want to move back and add up picks for next year's draft to, to go after that, that quarterback that they need to replace Daniel Jones. And so maybe some team trades up to five to get ahead of Carolina. Um, who knows? Um, so maybe they take Charles Cross there at five. Maybe they trade back and they get him at seven. But I think Charles Cross at this point, let's, let's sharpie him in at, at, to the New York Giants. Now with their other pick, like I said, there's a lot of possibilities. They could use a cornerback. They could use a pass rusher. They need those type of guys for Wink Martindale's aggressive, blitzing, man-to-man 
uh, aggressive defense. So I think if Sauce Gardner is still available, that's a strong possibility. Kayvon Thibodeau is a strong possibility. Trayvon Walker, if he's still there. Uh, Jermaine Johnson is a name to kind of keep an eye on. Um, I saw uh, a, a report yesterday that they really like him. They like him better than uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I've seen a couple couple of different places have talked about Jermaine Johnson. The Jets like him. The Giants like him. Um, there's a couple other teams that have him as a top eight pick in this draft. So don't be surprised if he goes that high. Uh, but I think that's where the Giants, um, if they get stuck picking at seven, kind of where they go. I know, you know, who knows? Um, Atlanta's rumored to take a wide receiver. So maybe a team that wants a Drake London or a Garrett Wilson um, is afraid that that's who the, the Falcons are going to take and they move up to get them. All right, the last, the last team I want to talk about in the top ten is the Carolina Panthers. And for the longest time, it, and even still now, it, it seems like destiny that they're going to take a quarterback with that sixth overall pick. And they don't have a good situation at quarterback. Rumors are their owner is getting antsy and wanting to get that guy. They've got a lot of connections to Kenny Pickett. Matt Rule once had him committed to Temple before Matt Rule left to go to Baylor. Matt Rule's big on connections. David Tepper's a Pittsburgh guy. He went to, you know, a University of Pittsburgh alum. There's a lot of connections. But there's also a lot of talk that they want to move out. There's a lot of talk that they said, hey, Matt Rule's got his job on the line. And getting a rookie quarterback is not going to save that job. And so a lot of people think they're going to take offensive tackle. And so that's that's a spot to watch. I think this could end up being, you know, for a while I'm like, well, I think they're going to take quarterback because I see Ekwanu, Evan Neal, and Charles Cross all going ahead of them. Would they settle for a guy like Trevor Penning, who they like? And there's a lot of talk that they want to move down. They don't have a day-two pick. So maybe they move down, and that's where they thought, oh, well, maybe they don't like Kenny Pickett at six, but they move down and uh, draft Kenny Pickett at 12 or 14 or whatever it may be. And then... But another guy to kind of keep an eye on is Trevor Penning. I'm, I'm really starting to feel that Trevor Penning is going to be a top 10 pick just because after those top three of Ekwanu, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Trevor Penning's the next guy. And there's a kind of a big drop-off after him because after Trevor Penning, you're talking about Tyler Smith, who I do not like. You're talking about Bernard Raymond. You're talking about guys like that. That's a big drop-off. And so I think a team that's maybe saying, hey, we need to move up to get one. Or I don't know if we like the guys in the second as much as we do here. And so Seattle's a possibility with Trevor Penning. Carolina's a possibility with Trevor Penning. Uh, I, the Chargers are a team that's been rumored to want to move up. The Baltimore Ravens are a team that's been linked to him. I think someone's going to move. Either if the Panthers don't take him, because like I said, Evan Neal now could fall into their lap. Seahawks, 
are rumored to, to like him. So maybe a team moves up. Maybe Baltimore, I don't think they'll move up, but maybe the Chargers have been mentioned. The Saints have been mentioned. Maybe they move up to get a guy like that. Now, as I move on, um, out of the top ten, I, I think there's there's some teams out there that we need to watch. Now, before I get into that, though, there is, you know, the, what makes this draft interesting is there's not a lot of true first-round picks. You know, in a given draft, there's anywhere between 18 and 24 true first-round picks. Because not, you know, yes, there's 32 picks in the first round, but teams don't usually have 32 first-round graded players. Usually, like I said, it's around 18 to 24 in a given draft. And so usually the late 20s, you're always kind of drafting second-round guys. This year, it's a lot different. There might only be 14, 12 to 14, first-round guys. And I know uh, John Middlecoff of the 3 and Out podcast, um, who's a former scout, was talking, said he had talked to one of his friends in the scouting community about Ahmed Sauce Gardner going number three, and they said, yeah, they could see it. They said in most drafts he's probably going to go in that twelve to eighteen range, and when I said when he said that I was like, yeah, kind of makes sense. He seems like that type of guy, and the reason why a guy like him would go earlier is because there's not a lot of depth. Like I said, you know, he's usually kind of the bottom half, you know, of of those first round prospects. Well, if there's only fourteen of them, he's probably going to go in the top ten. So. Your late teens and 20s, there's not a lot of difference between that and probably the top 50 picks. And so you're gonna, I think you're going to see some teams trying to trade up. As I mentioned, I think um, the Chargers are a team that's been rumored. They want that right tackle to go with um, Rayshon Slater to protect Justin Herbert. So they could move up to get Trevor Penning. You know, you look at the Saints. They need to get some weapons. Maybe they they move up with one of their picks. The Vikings have been rumored to really want Derek Stingley. So maybe if he falls past the Texans, they they make a move to get up and go get him. Keep an eye on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have 12 picks in this this draft. Two first-round picks. And the thing about the Chiefs is they can't they don't have room for 12 rookies. Their roster's pretty they've got weaknesses, don't get me wrong. But they don't have room for 12 rookies. So look for them to be aggressive and and you're already starting to hear that they're looking to move up to get, you know, to get somebody whether that's a cornerback, whether that's a pass rusher, whether that's a receiver. And it'll be interesting to see. I think a guy to watch on them is Jamison Williams. If Jamison Williams starts to slide, you know, he, he, he is probably going to have to go on the pup list, so he's going to miss the first six weeks. Some teams aren't comfortable with that. And you may take, you know, you may have Drake London go to the, the Falcons, Garrett Wilson go to the Jets. You know, the, the what are the, the 
the Washington Commanders going to do? Are they going to take Jamison Williams? You know, they got to kind of win right now. The Saints, once again, they they feel like they can contend right away. So maybe Chris Olave goes, you know, ahead of Jamison Williams. And now you're looking at the Chiefs with ammunition to move up with one of their first-round picks and maybe a second- or third-round pick to get a guy like Jamison Williams. Now, it's crazy to think of an NFL draft and not talk quarterback. I mean, I mentioned Kenny Pickett in passing. Where the quarterbacks go and how many quarterbacks go, where they go, is going to be fascinating. Because I can see only two quarterbacks being taken. I can see technically four. Um, I think Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis are locks to go in the first round. I I almost I, I'm putting it in Sharpie that Malik Willis is going to go to the Steelers. It it just makes too much sense. He's starting to slip. You don't see people mocking him as high anymore. There's not a lot of chatter. It looks like the Falcons aren't going receiver anymore, uh, or aren't going quarterback anymore. Uh, the te- the the Panthers might be, and so you're going to see those quarterbacks you know fall into the teens. And I think that means a team like the Steelers, who really like Malik Willis, are now going to uh, have to maybe not move up as far to get him, or potentially they could let him fall into the lap. And so I think Malik Willis to the Steelers at this point seems like a lock. Kenny Pickett, I don't know where he's going to go. Panthers seem like a lock. Now I don't. I'm not quite sure. The Saints have been rumored, but then you think, hey, they want to contend right away. Are they going to take a quarterback? Um, it'll be kind of curious to see where he goes. And then is someone going to trade up? Now I don't think the Lions are going to take a quarterback. Like a lot of people always keep mocking them. It's like you have the second overall pick, and you have a chance to get maybe one of the better quarterbacks. Why are you going to wait and just sit there at 32 and just take someone? It's not going to happen. They're waiting till next year. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on what the Texans do, because if they don't have the guards that are available to them, do they go with Desmond Ritter, who reminds me a lot of Ryan Tannehill? Do they go does the Saint, the Seahawks? The Seahawks have been connected to Matt Corral. They've been connected to Desmond Ritter. Would they move up into the back end of the first round to get one of those guys? Or do they just wait? I think we assume, oh, hey, they're connected to them. They're going to be their first-round pick. Sometimes guys fall. I remember seeing Asante Samuel Jr. connected to the, the Chargers last year. And I kind of kept that in my mind for that, that first their their first-round pick, and then that's who they took in the second. So I think that's something, if you kind of hear some rumors about the guys that are maybe more or less second-round picks, connected to these teams like oh they might reach for them no maybe they're just going to take them in the second round but like i said it's going to be an exciting draft there's just so much uncertainty i can mock and feel good about my mock draft or kind of good about where i think teams are going to go but then there's always a monkey wrench there's a player that falls a guy like an evan neal that falls that can mess things up but where's kyle hamilton going to go here's a guy that a lot of people viewed as one of the best players in this draft He's probably going to be available in the te- he's going to be available in the teens, so who's going to take him there? You know, 
how do these teams feel about these players? You know, the media has a narrative. We have guesses. We have smoke screens that NFL teams have put out. I think this is going to be a fascinating, fun draft, and I cannot wait to see how it unfolds. I, I pride myself in having accurate mock drafts, and so I get a little stressed out and have a little anxiety because you know I want people, you know, all the work that I put in, I want people to see and, and trust that I know what I'm talking about. But I think this year I just need to let it go and just say. It's a crapshoot, and I'm going to just have fun, sit back, and that's why we that's why we follow the draft. That's why we follow football is to have fun. And I, like I said, I think this I've said probably a hundred times already. This draft is going to be a lot of fun. All right, well, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for uh, this episode of the podcast. My my draft preview, I, let's be real, is a first-round preview. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed. The best way to get this is to subscribe. However you listen to the podcast, I uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever it may be, I, I think I'm on all of them, so make sure you follow there. Um, I hope you enjoyed. Make sure you follow me on social media, draft underscore Brian, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I need to up my TikTok game. Um, I got ideas. I just need to pull the trigger. Uh, but make sure that you're listening to that. You're following me there. Uh, mock draft is on huddlereport.com. I've got a lot of other coverage. I have a top 50 players for the first round um, listed up there. Um, got a lot of different stuff going on. So make sure you follow that YouTube channel. Make sure you're checking that out. A lot of player breakdowns. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Until next time.